Never give in. Never give in in nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to evil. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. Winston Churchill spoke these words on October 1941 as England was in the throes of battle of Britain in the dawn of World War II as a means to encourage the people he was speaking to. And I hope today to speak words of encouragement to you because life in general and life as a Christian in particular, that is the intentional life of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, in our day and age can be brutal. Brutal. And God has not promised us that we, if we follow him, we would be immune to suffering. In fact, suffering is a major part of Christianity. St. John of the Cross said once that he said, I saw a river over which every soul must pass to reach the kingdom of heaven. And the name of that river was suffering. And I saw a boat which carries the souls across the river. And the name of that boat was love. In the book of Sirach, it says, My child, when you aspire to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for an ordeal. For as gold is tested in a furnace, so are chosen men and women tested in fire. I recently read that goldsmiths had a tactic to know when gold that was in the furnace was purified and was able to be removed. It was when they could see their own reflection in the liquefied gold. The, the liquid was almost a mirror. Then it was ready. Then it was purified. And I thought about so too with God. He removes us from the furnace when he can see his face in us. When we have been so conformed to him that we literally become like him. <clears throat> As I offer Mass this morning, very much on my mind, this was a hard week. But very much on my mind. Uh, it's two people I visited in the hospital a couple days ago who are going to die. They're at the end of their life. Also, a friend of mine, his mother, every night she tries to sleep and can't, and every morning she wakes up realizing that she will not get any better. She lives in pain and will be in pain until the day the Lord calls her from this life. And yet, faithful. She remains faithful. In my mind is a man I visited a few days ago, successful, diagnosed with cancer, very little chance of surviving. Another friend of mine whose sister's pregnancy of twins has been diagnosed with severe abnormality, and both babies will likely die. Or the many that sit in my office over the years who have struggled with addictions or on the breaking point of their struggle. Married couples that I counsel who are in desperate need of forgiveness and reconciliation. A young woman I know is abused when she was younger and has been fighting for years, years, to forgive and be free. And to all of them, and to all of us, Jesus says this morning, one word. And he says it eight times. Remain. Remain. Meaning what? Meaning, hang in there. 
Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. For all of those that I mentioned, for all of us here, we have to remember that we are in the hands of a master. In a sense, a master gardener. All of those situations that I mentioned and all the situations that we find ourselves in are experiences, as Jesus says, of being pruned. And if a plant could speak, when it was being pruned, it would scream. It would scream. And yet pruning is essential for a plant to grow and bear fruit. When I lived at Christ the King, Father Nick Schneider, he's a big, he loves to cook as I love to cook. But he got this thing in his, his head where he wanted his own fresh herbs. And so he, he bought this little mechanism. It was a hydroponic garden grower thing. And he grew like fresh basil and thyme and oregano and all these incredible fresh herbs. When I saw that thing, I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. And then you, you got all these fresh herbs. And he's like, I, one day I came out and I'm like, he's cutting it. I'm like, what are you cooking tonight? He's like, nothing. And I'm like, well, why are you cutting it? He's like, you got to prune it. <clears throat> Just like Jesus said, if we don't prune it, it'll, it won't grow. It'll overgrow and it will die. But if you prune it, and this was the crazy thing, the more you prune it, the more you cut off, the faster it grew and the more fruit it produced. I learned more from that stupid little garden machine thing about how Jesus works in our lives than anything else. Pruning is essential to grow. There's a principle in life, everything grows by resistance, right? So if I want to get stronger, I have to lift heavier weight. I, I have to start lifting weights, but then I have to start lifting heavier weights in order to get bigger. If I want to be a greater runner, again, I would have to start running, but then I would have to run longer distances, steeper inclines. I have to really discipline my body. It's got to hurt. Things grow by resistance. And so, too, we grow in faith by being put into situations that we can't control. And then what are you going to do? Jesus says, remain. But I want to do something. Remain. It's like a little dog. You know, like puppies, right? When you're like, stay. So this is what God does to us. Stay. Stay. (laughs) Stay. He wants us to remain in a stance of trust. Father Austin Vetter, who's now Bishop Austin Vetter out in St. Helena, he had this line, he said to every seminarian, he said, when you become a priest, you're going to be thrown into situations you cannot imagine. And your job is one job. You stand there. You just stand there. And you know, all the guys are like, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, you stand there in the midst of chaos and you do what John Paul II is said is the first duty of every Christian soul. You believe. You go into a situation that's chaotic and you stand there and believe with all of them. That's what Jesus is talking about. 
you remain and you believe. But the temptation is to take control and do your own thing. This call to stand there, to remain, to believe, it's not just for us priests, it's for all of us. You know how many times I've gone into a hospital room and somebody has been a tragic death and I just have to stand there. There's nothing I can do. I can't fix it. But I can believe. I can remain with them. And you can do that with your family members who are sick, your family members who have lost their jobs, your family members who don't know where to turn. You can stand there and remain with them and believe. Our lives are not fated. We're not in the hands of, of, of circumstances. Or we're not in the hands of the evil that besets us. We are in the hands of a father who created the universe. And even though we might understand, we can always remain and we can always believe, no matter how difficult it gets. I just ran across this story a few months ago. There was this young couple, they got married, and they were so excited to finally be together. The mother soon was diagnosed with tuberculosis, and the father, his health began to rapidly decline as well. And on top of that, they were dirt poor. The first child they had lived but was sickly all through its early years. The second child they had died shortly after birth. The third child they had was deaf and unable to speak. The fourth child had tuberculosis contracted from the mother. And at this point, this family could have said, you know what, God hates us. God wants nothing to do with us, but they didn't, they remained. And they believed. And the fifth child born to this family, this couple, was Beethoven. What are you going to do? Are you going to control? Are you going to blame God? Are you going to throw it back at him? Or are you going to remain? To remain on the vine, connected to the source. Let us pray for the grace that no matter what comes to us, to never give in, to never quit, to never give up, but rather to hold on to Jesus and never, ever let go.